the genesis was um, long. It was it was a combination of things, um, both some uh, some real world stories that I'd encountered about sinkholes, some being very personal, actually, just about you know, an individual being taken um, underground by a sinkhole that. Uh, appeared underneath their feet like as if the carpet was the rug of life was pulled from beneath them um, and that kind of terrified me I think that that's the fact that it's real but also extraordinarily fantastical um, and then I was playing around with this story idea about a mother and son and a mistrust that had built up between them and maybe trying to refine that trust and then I loved the title as simple as that I just thought the hole in the ground was a big brave title it felt like a challenge um, which is why there's such an enormous sinkhole in the film it had to live up to the title um, and then in terms of influences like Horror for me is something that I experienced at a very young age, cinematically speaking. Um, and there's like a gap between me and my siblings of about nine years. Um, so when they were 14, 15, 16, you know, they had me watching Nightmare on Elm Street. They had me watching The Shining. They had me watching, I think I saw Jaws at six. My dad showed me Evil Dead and Evil Dead mm. 2 at like nine. Just taking some Irish folklore and just peppering it into what hopefully was going to be a very character driven yeah. uh, story and exploration of you know one woman's journey, a very singular POV. Welcome to Speak All Evil, the podcast you weren't warned about. I'm Trent here with Kevin, Kat, and Dave. Hello. 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 Hi. Follow us on Instagram at Speak All Evil Pod. It's November 1st. Woo. Finally, the busy season has <laughs> <Over>. wound down. <laughs> what a month. Yeah. I'd like to thank everybody that came out to the Ephodian Theater in Portland, Maine the other night to uh, watch Reanimator with us. They have a Halloween party, costume party, costume contest, and mingle. Mm. I think I can say a great time was had by all, and thank you very much to Pat Corrigan of the Ephodian Theater for letting us run wild and rolling out the red carpet for us. Nice job on the costumes, guys. Thank yeah, you. Thank Congrats, you. Congrats, uh, Michael Coharian. Yes, yes, big costume contest winner. Ex-studio uh, uh, alumni uh, won the contest as Ash from Evil Dead. A very good Ash. Competition mm -hmm. was not fierce. Yeah. I think... Any one of us would have won, once again, I think we would have won our own <laughs> competition had we been eligible. Yours was scary. Yes. Yours was legitimately Yours scary. Yours was, thank you, borderline inappropriate. My, my costume. <laughs> As was mine. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but in a sexier way. Yes. Yeah. My costume raised questions. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's what I'm, I'm you go to a costume party with me, mm -hmm. I'm not there to just... Do the tried and true, easy way out, crowd pleasing, playing the hits. That's not mm -hmm. me. I'm going to do something that's going to, you know, make some people uncomfortable, as is Kevin, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> not on purpose with Kevin. I've gotten yeah. so many, th this isn't an isolated thing. I've gotten so many texts about that. The, the about penis? What? I didn't, I'm not talking about you, about your outfit. Oh. Okay. About uh, how suggestive it might have been. Suggestive? Yeah. Uh, it left little to the imagination. <laughs> That's not suggestive. That's pretty on the nose. Kevin <laughs> dressed not suggesting a, yeah. anything. <laughs> Kevin was a, a Camp Crystal Lake counselor, a dead one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And as such, he was scantily clad. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when Kat was boasting about, uh, you know, she was going to be yes. scantily clad again this year, and this was her time, and she should win because... Yeah. And we're like, you got boobs. How are we going to compete with boobs? Well... 
And here comes Kevin. There's your answer. <laughs> here Her. comes Kevin. There's your yeah. answer. You're not the only one that can flaunt oh, what you got. The this is true. Print. No. <laughs> Happy Halloween, kids. <laughs> Trent, did I you? I promised Trent I would talk about it on the show. Well, but I've been getting a chain of messages, more than I've gotten about anything to do with the podcast before. I wasn't People that I, I don't, I'm not bringing it up. Ben was like, what's going on with Kevin's big dick? <laughs> <laughs> He said him and his girlfriend were talking about it on the way home. But oh. They noticed it. Well, I know, and no. you... There you go. Trent was just giving us shit that I, I, I don't have a draw. There you go. There's the draw. Ne- next year? Yeah. Next year? Just running in fear. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I put you on stage. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so everyone in the room could get a good, good look from... I was uh, Grandma Wolf. I loved that. That was, that was, was a great costume. Him. Trent, did you go to Crown Fried Chicken? I did not in know. Your... Yeah, in my in my zodiac <laughs> costume. Yes. <laughs> no, no, I did not go outside in that. I went outside one time and I made sure to pull the mask far off. Good. You yeah. know how there's like Spider Man and then there's like that what that black Spider Man like Venom. 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 Yeah. To me, they're both just like, oh, it's Spider Man. I feel like I wouldn't dare to wear that costume because it's like a alternate. The symbol and everything. It's, it looks a little. It's not. I don't. Don't. Don't say, don't say it. I didn't say it. I just said it looks a little. It's not. Uh, it doesn't. It doesn't, though. That's the thing. It doesn't. Uh, only in your mind, your twisted, addled mind. <laughs> but he killed all types of people. The he, Zodiac Killer. He, he, he was not. I don't want to get in. You know, I don't want to get into. That's not. But he didn't profile a certain type of person. He, well, he. I oh, mean, he did. he did. I think he did actually, but oh. I don't. We're here to talk about fictional killers. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not a true crime podcast. The costume was borderline. It was terrifying. There yeah. was a point when we were in like the green room, getting ready to take a picture, and you were just standing in the back corner of the room with your full costume on, and it was fucking terrifying. In character, same, yeah. Kevin. <laughs> Eating Dominoes in my costume. <laughs> Big news today or yesterday? I guess the news broke. Did you guys see they follow? Yes. Yes. In I'm the excited. shoe. Did. Very exciting. I would never have expected. I did not expect. I a would sequel, have in 2013. A sequel to It Follows, one of our, I think, one of our favorite movies, and certainly one of our most referenced from the past several years. It's our first episode. Yeah, I think that was my first pick. It was. Director um, David Robert Mitchell and uh, Micah Monroe, both both coming back. It's not getting handed off. Did you guys ever see Under the Silver Lake, the movie he made after? No. Uh, I did. I, wasn't she like kid, a kidnapped girl? I, I haven't and, seen it. Okay. It was the movie he made after It Follows. Anybody see Five Nights at Freddy's? I did. You wait, you did? Oh. I actually woke up. Uh, so wow. my daughter's birthday was Saturday, and she had a lot of festivities over the weekend and was upset that she couldn't go to the theater to see Five Nights at Freddy's. And I didn't realize that it was like on Peacock like the same day. So we woke up uh, the morning oh, of her birthday and right. watched it on Peacock. I, I guess it's like this big cultural forgetting. thing amongst like the younger generation. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. a, yeah. So it started off as like a like a mobile game or something. Yeah. And then I didn't realize that it took off like YouTube personalities were like doing, playing it and talking about it. And there's all this lore that was developed and it's become like this whole thing. Uh, interesting movie. Not really a horror movie. Right. That's not, what it really it's is classified for like, as a it's pretty movie. hardcore like fan it's like, a it's a fan service vehicle yeah big yeah. time I mean it's not bad yeah. I actually did enjoy it and it was 
it could have been scary. I was a little bummed when I started watching it as like PG-13 or whatever. Uh, it had an opportunity to be a little bit more horror, uh, but it's not a bad flick. It's it's pretty well done. I forgot that it's on Peacock at the same time it's in theaters. It's actually, it's tied for the most successful, the biggest opening weekend for any movie that also debuted at the same time on streaming is tied with Black Widow. Yeah, really? it, yeah. I mean, I saw that it was a pretty modest budget, like making money hand over fist. I mean, and there's mad room for sequels. It's also I don't the, know anything about this movie. I've, Five Nights at Freddy's. It's yeah. like a video game where. Uh, did you ever see uh, Willy's Wonderland with Nick Cage or whatever? Yeah, for some reason I connected them, but so there was why. a video game Five Nights at Freddy's where it's like a Chuck E. Cheese, but it's like shut down, and you're a security guard that does the overnight shift at this old decrepit like Chuck E. Cheese type place with like animatronic oh, so people or like characters and you have to keep your eyes on the monitors and throughout the course of the night during the game if you like if things distract you and things like that like the the animatronic things come to life and they come after you so it, it to me it was just a horror movie that came out of nowhere same but, no it's yeah, like super deep rooted in like an old yeah. video game right, and like right, I said gosh. I didn't realize that this entire like world had been built around it i didn't either and people have been talking about the movie all year just referencing it as though i should know what it is and i've been wondering the whole time what <laughs> well the i didn't know so my daughter kept saying fnaf fnaf and i'm like what the wow. fuck is these kids talking about like this crazy <laughs> lingo I'm like, so fire. finally <laughs> after you know weeks of hearing about this like her and her friends i'm like what the fuck is fnaf like five nights at freddy's i'm like oh i know what that is well it was the uh, third best horror opening ever the fifth best ever? October open of any movie ever, and the biggest Blumhouse opening ever. Wow. Wow. It's a behemoth. It's a runaway train. It's our Oppenheimer. <laughs> or our yeah, it's not uh, you even could horror, do, You could apparently. do worse. I mean, it's not, yeah. it's not a bad flick. Okay. Huh. I'll watch it. This week, I'm calling it Demon Seed Week. Yeah. Well, okay. Mm. What, did, what, what did you call it? I think last week I said, like, the kids aren't all Oh, right. the kids oh, aren't yeah. all right. Dave got excited because he thought it was a movie title. <laughs> uh, we're going to start with this year's Cobweb. Eight-year-old Peter is plagued by a mysterious constant tap-tap from inside his bedroom wall, a tapping that his parents insist is all in his imagination. As Peter's fear intensifies, he believes that his parents could be hiding a terrible, dangerous secret and questions their trust. And for a child... What could be more frightening than that? I don't know why. I was so excited when I saw the trailer for this movie. And great cast. I assumed that it would have this big theatrical release. And then they dumped it out in the middle of summer. And it barely hit any theaters. At least here in the Northeast, it did not come to Maine. So I couldn't see it. And then I was even more excited when I saw that Samuel Bowden directed it. He did a show on Netflix called Marianne, which oh, I loved. Right. Okay. <clears throat> so I was super pumped. Okay. And then you throw Lizzie Kaplan in there, who did Annie Wilkes in a fantastic season of Castle Rock, Anthony Starr from The Boys. Uh, just a great cast. And then I saw that it was written by Chris Thomas <laughs> Devlin. <laughs> I was going to ask if you're throwing him and in this. And it gave me appropriate pause. <laughs> However, I, I will I will start by saying for somebody that just called The Exorcist Believer one of the worst movies I've ever seen, I will acknowledge the fact that I'm about to speak glowingly about Cobweb, oh. a, move, a horror movie that has plenty of problems. However... This is exactly what I want to come out on Halloween. This is 
everything you can throw into a horror movie script, all done in 90 minutes, and it's fun. You know, you can poke holes at it, but it's got the appropriate amount of scared little kid, creepy parents, something's in the walls. You've got bullies. You've got blood. You have poisoning. You have potential monsters. And it takes place on fucking Halloween. How did mm. Lionsgate screw this up and not <laughs> release it in yeah, October question. of this month, or of this year, rather? But all of that being said, the movie is grounded by, what's his face here, um, Woody Norman. The, the eight-year-old boy that you talked about, Peter. The movie's grounded by this kid in his performance. Looks like a little mini Harry Styles running around. Uh, so it's really grounded by him. You know, Lizzie Kaplan and Anthony Starr, the, as the parents, are appropriately creepy, if not a little bit underused in my opinion. But they have fun, like, acting out of their minds and really building this mystique, are they, aren't they, thing. But again, it is 90 minutes of horror movie cliche from start to finish with a really over-the-top ending uh, that I just find, I found incredibly fun. What did you guys think? I saw Cobweb when it first came out. Um, I rented it, and I liked it, but I didn't retain any of it for some reason. I completely forgot when I went into it this time what I was about to watch. Um it's again. It's a really solid horror movie. I agree with you. Um, even you forgive some of its faults. Um, it has you on the edge of your seat. It's uh, a fun watch. It's paced well. It's acted well. Uh, there was also some home invasion, revenge stuff that didn't need to be there, but I was really glad that it was. I thought that added a cool thing. You have uh, masks and stuff like that. Um, it also went very well with the Halloween thing. The only part that I had a problem kind of with is you have these movies where there's something that's somewhere trapped for years and years and years and you would think they would be all malnourished and frail mm. and they have mm. like this superhuman yeah. uh, but it could be like a, it could be an old boy situation I don't know for me uh, I've kind of had it with um, the 2020s like outrageous twist <laughs> like I I I now see them coming a little bit. They're a little predictable. Uh, when you see a movie that's shot this like stark in a house and it's all dimly lit and dark and you're kind of expecting, you know, it's, I, I put it up there with, you know, like Barbarian and all that stuff. I, I found a lot of similarities. It's like every movie, Malignant. we could list like 10 Malignant. movies that came right. out in the Malignant, last 10 Barbarian, years. Yeah, yeah, that kind of stuff. But I did like it, um, but this formula for a movie is going to wear out its welcome if it keeps going <laughs> like this but uh this one i uh, it just got barely got by for me yeah this is a great one and done and yeah. i didn't watch it again because i know that <laughs> this is on paper i should hate this movie and i didn't look i forgot that um what's his name the writer Chris Thomas Devlin. I forgot he wrote the Texas Chainsaw Massacre from last year, and I'm glad I, I didn't remind myself of that before I watched it. Because <laughs> this movie didn't really get any play at all, and it still hasn't gotten any play. The only reason I know about it is because you, Kevin, came in here one week and I was were like, pissed. oh, yeah. yeah. You were talking about the trailer. Oh, yeah, Cobweb trailer. Like, I knew what you were talking about, and I had no idea what you were talking about, and you showed me the trailer, and I still was like, oh, he's really excited about this. But I haven't seen anything about it. This is a really, I mean... It's a great and absolutely preposterous horror movie 
I was totally engrossed in it. I thought it, it was paced really well. It kept it was suspenseful. It was scary. So many jump scares. I was jumping. I was jumping all over the place. Jumping, watching jumping this movie. bean over there. Tons of great scares. And I even at one point I stopped the movie at a certain point halfway or a little over halfway. And I thought, okay, man, where is this going to go now? So they've set up this stuff now. This can't be true. That can't be true. No, this. I was trying to figure out what this movie is doing. And I shouldn't have done that because what I realized eventually is that it is just totally fucking ridiculous and stupid. There, it's not tricking you. It's not doing anything. It's doing what it says it's doing. There's nothing. There's no trick to it at all. It's just incredibly stupid. And if you think about it for more than one minute, nothing about <laughs> it makes any sense whatsoever. But it was great. I love this. This is a good time. It's on Hulu right now. If you want a, a good old-fashioned work a day nothing too fancy scary i mean this is a pretty mean movie kids are mean. crippled yeah. and, and uh um savaged bodies are ripped in half entrails are spilled all over the place i mean this really has all the goods it doesn't pull any punches um it's it's a nasty ridiculous good time i, I would recommend it i think i ac- i absolutely liked this one i was down it had levels, which I appreciated. Um, you know, you kind of start to peel back like each creepy plot point uh, that kind of arises. But the family dynamics were a fun start to it because uh, you've got, you know, both parents who've got crazy eyes, but in different ways. Like the mom's got like frightened crazy eyes and then the dad's got like uh, manic, like I, I am the crazy one kind of eyes going on. So right off the bat, you knew that something was up with these two, especially the way the mom talked. Like it was very like kind of like sing songy <laughs> so and like, so no, weird. everything's fine here. And I'm yeah. like, Lizzie Kaplan, what the fuck is this? <laughs> what is this? <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. So e- before we got to any plot, I was like, okay, something weird's going on. Yeah. But then you get to the good stuff, AKA what seems to be some supernaturally stuff going on. Uh, you kind of just assume that it's an abuse story about like the parents are abusing this boy somehow, um, especially when they, you know, ground him or whatever. You're like, okay, so. They won't let him trick or treat. They won't let him trick or treat right <laughs> off the so, bat. And so you're like, hmm. This is so weird. It was weird. Yeah. And there's so much that wasn't explained. Like the, the thing told Peter, you know, that your parents did this and this is why, blah, blah, blah. But then you never really find out kind of what really happened you kind Not of are just really. like That's but you don't fine. want you don't need to know i guess you're just you yeah you're matter. just kind of like yeah well whatever whatever's going on is is fine here it did give me some trick-or-treat vibes i would say like oh, with yeah. the parents you know um kind of in the halloween and the field of pumpkins they only grow pumpkins yeah, what i don't was know that the whole yard so fucking weird pumpkin patch <laughs> but Makes i no loved sense. it but i loved it i was like okay it's spooky season this is what i'm here for yeah, yeah. Then we are like kind of just met with something like so ungodly different than what I was expecting was going to happen. And I I was into it. I was into the crawling. I was into the hair. The hair. Was so I laughed. Weird. I laughed out loud. When you I just even... see it. Flo- it's like a mermaid is just like yeah. running around. It's audacious. like comedic. Yeah. yeah. I think maybe bit by a radioactive spider at some point. Could be, perhaps, maybe, perhaps would explain. True, so, yeah, it's like on the ceiling. 
I don't know. I, I taught myself how to climb. Okay. <laughs> are you at a rock gym? What are you? <laughs> I would say I was also annoyed at first about how dark everything is. It's so dark. Um, but then that's how the jump scares come in and they're like, boop. And then you're a little jumping mean. But then I thought it paid off at the end when you finally kind of got like a, a more well-lit good look at the thing. And I was like, okay, it's how did, again, how did this happen? Kind of a situation. But I thought the pacing was perfect. I was, I was in, I was yeah. enthralled. I was ready to see what would have happened next. Um, obviously, I thought the acting was, was great. A great holiday film. I was very into it. Yeah, Trent nailed it, like one and done. So yeah. I, I couldn't see it in the theater, so it came out on Prime. And even nowadays, like something comes out on Prime for rent, and it's like nineteen ninety nine. This one unceremoniously tossed to the theaters in summer, and then by late summer, it's on Prime for like six ninety nine rental, like right off the bat. Mm-hmm. And then when I picked it for this week, went back and watched it. I was like, I never needed to see this movie again. No, like, <laughs> no, I knew it. I knew I should even watch it again. Yeah. <laughs> I enjoyed it the second time, and when I watched it and was like, "Oh, why is it so dark?" I didn't blame like the director or the cinematographer. I like just blame the family. Like, why do they have this kid just in yeah. his room? He's yeah. only got moonlight. Yeah, like that's the only light he's got in this bedroom is moonlight through the window. We also get abusey too. We should mention. There's they, abusey in this. They were very this? abusive. Yeah, you didn't notice. Look at. I mean, we're watching it now. This that's is abusey. Wow, abusey boy. Wow. Oh, okay. I was really confused for a minute. I thought that Abusey. was your. I thought that was your cute name for abuse. No. Like, that's his, oh yeah. That's Jesus. a little abusey. <laughs> member of the Gary Busey family. Oh, I, did, I missed that. Wow. Yeah. In the coolest, these kids, these local dirtbags, somehow get the coolest, scariest masks that you would see in a movie they just have a couple of those okay let's talk about everything that sucks about this <laughs> ridiculous fucking movie no, i'm just kidding that we love like, now on to everything that was bad yeah yeah no i mean yeah i mean it's it's inter- like there's so many recent films that it just harkens to like the black phone yeah um, yes. you're next with the mask yep. like i got that vibe yeah um barbarian that dave mentioned Me, it I just of that sort too. of it everything and this script there. was on the blacklist in like 2021 or 2022 yes it, it just feels like you know devlin just took like all right let's take a little bit of this and like it's like he opened up the spice cabinet and was like, I'm just going to throw a little bit into of everything into this recipe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I will say like you, like you spend the whole time wondering, are the parents crazy? The, the kids hearing the voice, you're wondering is the voice a ghost or what's happening. And to your point, Dave, when the bullies kind of show up at the house, that's like really unexpected, but on, that's it like is. where like the real horror. Yeah. So I was yeah. like, that's almost like, well, we can't really call this a horror movie unless we just slaughter a bunch of people in like a right. three-minute period yeah. of time. And then we'll turn this into an absolute creature feature. It like, would have been PG-13 without the, those kids showing up at the house. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's yeah. when it really kicked Dude, in that the gear. under my favorite, the, the moment I went, oh, was that under the piano, <laughs> de- the, just <laughs> the blood. squelched blood everywhere. I was like, oh, okay. And I think that was an effective thing because if it had just been the boy encountering this, it would have been so anticlimactic and like he would have just been thrown in the hole or whatever and blah, blah, blah. But instead they wanted to show you 
how yeah. real some cannon this fodder. fucking Get thing these guys, was. Rip these guys up for a few minutes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I do wish I hadn't seen the thing's face. I will be honest. I didn't mind it was the face. like it was like the weird. Um, what was that movie with Sh- the mask? Like with Cher? Yeah, like that. <laughs> a little bit yeah. mask or no? I <laughs> yeah, it was bit. like a little like Beetlejuice. Yeah, like, yeah, I got a little like, Beetlejuicey. Uh, like, I found the character of Miss Divine to be one of the more absurd. His the Infinity kids, Pool, Cleopatra Coleman. Yes, the oh, wife from Infinity Pool. Oh, I didn't recognize her, but um, she plays the substitute teacher of the kid. Because you have to have the worried teacher too. Yeah, but I mean, it was just so absurd. She just met the kid, and she's showing up at. She goes to his parents' house because he drew a scary... So you get, of course, we're talking about horror cliches, you get the kid drawing a scary picture in, in school. I mean, <laughs> that's you know, 101 right there. So this prompts Miss Divine to go to his parents' house, which is comically dilapidated and dead. Like, all the grass and plants are dead. It looks like it's abandoned. And she goes to confront, the, to check on him. I mean, totally absurd. And that kind of goes into one thing that Kat was saying about the parents. I, I don't know if it's, it seems like it's a bad that you know immediately the minute you see both parents that there's something wrong with them. But it's kind of brilliant too. I, I don't know. It's just... But you don't know what's wrong. You with don't know them. what's yeah. wrong. You know something is wrong with these people. Yeah. Yeah. Right yeah. away you're team Peter, obviously. Like, but then like afterwards you're like, oh, maybe we shouldn't have been not team parents. <laughs> <laughs> one thing we talk about on the show is like uh, stakes. This movie, the the people that you sort of have are supposed to have emotional attachments to are Peter, the kid, and Miss Divine Trent to ask why they threw the teacher in there. I think it's because in the climax you're supposed to have some emotional attachment. You have to care about somebody but I'm else not besides sure. I the kid. Still, sure. I still, I watched this the second time and still asked myself, at any point did I feel like they were actually in danger? People in general? Did you? No, like Peter and Miss Divine. Oh, I, I, I don't. I, I don't think so. I think I did. I, uh, yeah. I don't know. I guess I don't know. I, I was, I, I was certainly, at the end, I was in suspense at what was going to happen to them. So I, that's fair. I, I guess did. having the bullies come and get like absolutely slaughtered yeah. does sort of set you up for yes, anything could happen. Yeah, yeah. it is kind of a a classic trope to have. You know, even though I was complaining about the superhuman strength of the thing that's chained to the wall or whatever. But that's kind of a trope in, in stuff, in Castle Freak and like going way, way back. Whenever there's a sibling, <laughs> whenever there's an estranged sibling that's like in the dungeon of the house, banished from everybody, they always are like hulking. Yeah, Sloth was strong sloth. as fuck in the Goonies, bro. <laughs> yeah, he was. <laughs> I didn't know that, uh, I've never used rat poison myself. I don't think that when you use rat poison, I don't think that it's used by simply dumping all over the floor of the hallway in your house. You and know does it happened? actually smell like cinnamon? Because <laughs> no, I no, somehow... It, 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 can. it can. can, really. I've okay. used that stuff before. I looked into it. Did you just, just dump it all over the floor in your house? Just well, walk right I mean... I mean, he just you put it on the floor. You put house. it where you think they might be coming in That or was something. right next to like their bedrooms. Yeah. That was not proper use of rat poison well they didn't have yeah, pets nor was the so. end yeah. proper <laughs> use of rat poison yeah, but that gruel what about that soup they're eating huh? yeah both both movies have people drugged in their food and both movies have arachnophobia and both have that same scene where the spider is captured under the glass and, and taken the humane outside. thing to let it go or to kill it yeah and- 
They kind of interesting. This was um, Seth Rogen and was it Evan Goldberg. Rogen and Goldberg uh, produced. Yeah, both, oh, both producers really? on this. Yeah. Well, I'm just excited. Uh, you can. It's re- both of the movies this week are very indicative of the director's styles. So if you watch Marianne on Netflix, you get a like Bowden uses a lot of the same styles in Marianne that he does in Cobweb. And I, for one, uh, a lot of the press for this, if you look up a lot of the interviews, it's, it's Samuel Bowden and Woody Norman, the kid, doing them together. And I'm just excited to see what uh, Samuel Bowden does in the future. I hope that he gets some more cracks at uh, some more mainstream horror stuff or another series or something, because I really like his style. Did this? What's the budget on this? Do we know? No clue. I mean, the box office was like five mil or something. Yeah. But, no, eight mil. Sorry, eight mil box office. So, but probably could have done a lot more. And there weren't. It's not like there was a ton of competition this year in October for horror movies. Yeah, I mean, I'm surprised this didn't get more attention. You were saying that this on paper doesn't look good. It's same thing with like Talk to Me. Like when I saw the the trailer for Talk to Me, I was like, I'm not gonna like this movie. I'm oh, not yeah. into this thing. Oh, they touch the hand and see the thing. <laughs> and that's the same with this too. But yeah. uh it shows that if you kinda have they set the right tone and have good acting and you have yes. a few like key scenes for us horror people, like all the carnage in that one scene, that was almost like the the cop scene in Malignant where all of a sudden yeah. this one scene you get the monster just goes John Wick. Right. Oh my God. <laughs> I kind of enjoy that. Again, it's a, Fucking a trend I see in the 2020s uh, that we hopefully don't see a whole lot more. <laughs> but we liked it. <laughs> it was good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my next pick is Lee Cronin's feature film debut 2019's The Hole in the Ground. Having fled from a toxic relationship, Sarah O'Neill and her timid son Chris want to start afresh. But settling into their new home in the lush woods of Northern Ireland is easier said than done. A spine-chilling encounter with a creepy stranger disturbs the fragile mother and son. As Sarah tries to move on with her life, a disturbing change in Chris's behavior marks the beginning of a nightmarish experience where nothing is what it seems. Sometimes, truth is stranger than fiction. Does this dark turn have something to do with the forest's mysterious hole in the ground? So we talked about Lee Cronin when we did Evil Dead Rise, which came out this year. And is one of my favorite horror films of the year. So I went back, this is on Max right now, to check out his feature film debut. It's always interesting to see where these directors that Raimi and, and some of these legends like kind of give their shots to. And this is pretty basic. I mean, the summary says it all. I mean, a woman moves to a new house. Her son goes into the woods, finds a big hole in the ground. And now she's convinced that's not her son. And you spend the entire movie wondering, is she mentally ill or is her son really just gone? There's some creepy uh, rumors in town that this has happened before. And so you spend the entire film kind of kind of wondering. Uh, like I mentioned about 
cobweb, this is also very indicative of the style that you would see Lee Cronin. I, th I think you're seeing Lee Cronin develop. Uh, a lot of the stuff we talked about in Evil Dead Rise, like his use of the peephole, and <clears throat> you get a lot of that in this movie. Like there's peephole, there's under the door. There's just some cool shots in this that are really scary. The horror in this movie is less graphic. That you don't get the payoff that you get in Cobweb as a gorehound. You're, it's more like suspenseful and dread, and and true mystery in this. Um, but I really enjoyed this movie. I watched it month or two ago when it first or I first noticed it on Max um, and kind of like Cobweb although they're very different movies I was enthralled I, I found myself just watching this movie like from start to finish without taking my eyes off and being like wow much slower paced but at the end of it same thing I was just like wow like that's cool I'm not sure about the rewatchability it's incredibly straightforward and by the end of it you do get a resolution. Um, I think Cronin tries at the end to leave you with a little bit of a cliffhanger. However, I don't even know how necessary that tagged on ending was. To me, it's pretty succinct. Um, some of the mystery and sort of lingering thoughts that you have, um, honestly, are less about our, our mother and son in this and more about what happened to the previous family that something like this allegedly happened to. Um, but I really enjoy this movie. Um, what did you guys think? Um, this one got me good, for sure. Uh, I was definitely thinking it was just going to be like a mom went crazy uh, kind of a story. But instead, we got some fun, spooky things. Um, we got some strong little boys throwing people around, which I uh, I thought was kind of humorous, but also scary. Definitely started off just like slow, but creepy when you're kind of just getting acclimated to these characters and kind of learning their background between the mom and the son. Side note, I could listen to her talk all day, every day, just like that Irish accent. Just tell me bedtime stories, please. It's very, it was beautiful. Then it takes that turn when, you know, the boy runs into the woods and finds, you know, the hole in the ground. And you're like, now questioning if there's something supernatural going on, if these people are just crazy, and then is their house haunted? Are the woods haunted? It's kind of like, what supernatural thing could it be? Um, and so that was very interesting for me to just like try to figure out, but also just kind of try to enjoy the story that was being told. I questioned like everyone in this movie too, like everyone's intentions, um, but it definitely just like keeps you interested. I felt like eyes glued to the to the screen for sure. It reminded me of um, like the old Irish uh, folklore, like the changelings. I kind of yeah. assumed yep. that was the vibe of yep. it. I've gone down to that rabbit hole um, a couple times, like listening to like spooky podcasts. Um, but it's basically just like, oh, your baby's been replaced uh, by a changeling and it's, you know, you're going to go crazy basically. So that's, I assumed kind of what the vibe was. There's no real gore, like Kevin said, but the spooky and creepy shit definitely satiated that lack of gore for me. I thought the actors were awesome. I liked that we never met the dad because he kind of it kept that mystery going of like, well, what's her past? Like, what really happened? You kind of get like little hints about it. Um, then there's that, like, she's got the scar on her forehead, which plays a different part. That was probably like the goriest part that we saw. And I also thought that having that other, you know, the pre-mom, the past mom, the old lady, the crazy old lady, basically, being in the story was effective because it kind of made you think, okay, well, maybe this 
one woman's not crazy. Maybe there really is something going on in these woods. And then I liked the ending when it was kind of like, we good? We're just going to have a bunch of mirrors in our house <laughs> for the rest of our lives. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I, I really like this one. I, I wouldn't say it was jump scary, but it I, I had some definite payoff moments, which I was very pleased with. So I would I would watch this movie again. It was straightforward, but I could I could dive back into that hole. <laughs> I like this one. I thought this was very good. I, I didn't love it. And I think that I think there are things that could have worked better. I, I think it's interesting to see, especially after Evil Dead Rise, you talked about Lee Cronin developing a style. He's also now made his his only two feature films are centered around motherhood and absentee fathers. So that's kind of interesting. Like he he started that with this and then he took that whole motherhood, no father thing and brought that to Evil Dead and made that also the centerpiece of that movie. So I think that's a really interesting thing to do. You don't see that a lot. Uh, this this similar these this is a really interesting pairing because this also, I think, similar to Cobweb does run out a lot of the standard horror movie stuff you you're getting everything from the the omen to the changeling the george c scott movie we'll talk about someday from 82 or whatever uh you're running out all the things you kind of expect for a movie like this i thought um this one you know it's both of these movies 90 minutes quick brisk pace i thought this one could have benefited first with some more time i thought that it was a little fast for me things just they happen so quickly and with such little fanfare everything is so everything is just very and, and probably intended but everything just seems casual and, and very sort of it just happens there wasn't really I, I could have used more suspense around the changing of the child and it was so subtle you know the the mom is picking up on these little things that only a mother would notice right i guess that's the idea well i didn't friggin notice the first time it was like a little too subtle i thought for me um overall you know especially this is an a24 joint i didn't realize that this is to me is is a little bit like um you know th this is kind of like off-brand babadook <laughs> it, it, it's not that good it deals with i think similar themes and it's a similar setup i thought especially at the end all of a sudden you're in this like kind of realism movie and you're questioning supernatural, and then I thought, first of all, the hole in the ground would have more to, you know, the hole in the ground is awesome, but you won't, you see it a couple times, it's just, it's so, everything is inferred, it doesn't, it's just, it's so subtle, and it's so mild, and then all of a sudden, well, all of a sudden, you're in the hole in the ground, there's, it's the descent now, there's fucking yeah. creatures, and <laughs> just out of nowhere, and like the last scene, of, you know, part of the movie now, we got, she just is oh, she's just going underground and fighting monsters out of nowhere. What? And then the end, I will say, since you guys both mentioned that sort of cliffhanger thing at the end, I didn't think that was strong enough. I, I wasn't even sure the first time was that supposed to be a cliffhanger or not. I couldn't even tell. It's so, again, it's so subtle. I had to go and make sure, like, was that supposed to be a cliffhanger? Oh, it was. Okay. I, <laughs> I get not sure. So I don't know. I, I think this is a good movie, and I, I certainly would recommend it, especially if you uh, liked Evil Dead Rise and, uh, you know, just as, as a student of an up-and-coming young horror filmmaker who obviously has a, a lot of talent. Uh, I thought it was enjoyable, but didn't, uh, didn't quite hit the mark. 
I thought maybe your eyes would be rolling right from the beginning when they start with the drone over the forest <laughs> shot, <laughs> yeah. and they're going upside down upside like it's down, midsummer. Yeah. They do yeah. that in midsummer too. That's, That's how twist. it starts. Infinity pool. Yeah, like yeah. lots of movies. The old start upside that way. down drone. Okay. This had a folk horror feel to it uh, yeah. that made me prefer it to both Cobweb and Evil Dead Rise. Oh wow! Um, and huh. I think that. Uh, I can't think of any Irish horror movie that I've seen so far that hasn't referenced folklore mm-hmm. uh, yeah. at some point. It seems yeah. like something that always comes with uh, those kind of stories, and I like that a lot. So um, I'm going to dig into some more um, Irish kind of stuff and Irish folklore. I thought Sienna Kerslake was amazing. Uh, she reminded me of uh, Rebecca Hall and kind of mm-hmm. like the... Wow, high uh, praise. Well, uh the night house, especially where, where you're wondering if she's going crazy or if these things are actually happening. And when that kind of transformation happens in this character, I thought it was very similar. I thought she did a really, really good job. I also thought the kid was amazing in this. Um, he was truly scary. He was scary, yeah. The bog down in the valley Oh, that was uh, a great scene. <laughs> was, yeah, and, yeah. and all those scenes like yeah. that where... Um, she's perceiving her kid in a very different light and it's like she's hallucinating. So the camera will be like turned sideways a little bit or time will slow down um, when she's watching her kid just act out of the ordinary. And I thought that was a really cool technique to kind of like make you wonder if she's an unreliable narrator or uh, if these things are actually going on. I do feel like, like the last movie, uh, it just they just went too far. It just like didn't need to go that far. It didn't need to be blind mole people in the ground. <laughs> like, uh, Spoiler you know? alert! <laughs> I mean, uh, I got the pit vibes. This is almost oh, like yeah. a remake of the yeah. pit. The gate? No, the pit. The pit. The, pit. the Canadian yeah. movie. Oh, okay, Teddy. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, I like this movie overall. I liked it better than the other one, but. It was only because the ending didn't go quite as crazy. Yeah. But it still could have backed off a little bit, and I would have liked it for like a quaint indie little uh, folklore horror thing. Uh, I prefer the the more like subtle, and this was almost that until the end, and you felt like yeah. they felt like they had to pull that punch that everyone does. It's it's probably influenced by whatever studio put out this. Eight two four thought that you know maybe they could do something at the end. I don't know, but... Yeah, I mean, I like the... We talk about like what the horror is in this. I, I like some of the subtleties that you talked about, Trent. I think that's what Cronin does really well in this, and I'd like to go back and see Evil Dead Rise because it's a little bit more in your face than this, obviously, but there's little things that are super creepy in pure daylight scenes that shouldn't be, like this adorable little kid eating at the table. And the way they like Cronin will like film it, it's like gross and unsettling. Hmm. Whereas yeah. like before, you know, maybe the first time that she sees him eating, you know, she's like watching him. He's kind of struggling through his meal like a kid does. And I, I like a lot of that in this, like the subtleties. He actually uses those as like horror scenes, essentially, right. like very right. everyday things that we wouldn't yeah. necessarily notice yeah. are suddenly like really gross. And maybe you don't necessarily notice them until they're kind of off. Yeah, well, I I thought when he was eating the the spider. Now that was that was a <laughs> that crazy. was great. Yeah, I loved that scene. It was so cool to show how scared 
his mother became of him when she's she's peeking through his uh, keyhole at night and sees some stuff and she and he hears her and she's run back to her room and closes the door not all the way because she's trying to she doesn't want him to come in she's so scared of this little kid outside her door I thought that was really effective obviously have to uh, talk about invasion of the body snatchers mm-hmm. uh, with this because it's like the whole doppelganger that you're not quite sure it's just a slight skosh off well try it had i mean babada good night mommy good night mommy came to yes, mind also. yes for like some yep. of the more recent things that maybe this pulled some inspiration from but cat nailed it i mean it's based on i didn't realize that changeling was an irish folklore thing and it's very much a real thing and i didn't know that like over time it turned into like fairies were the ones that would like Mm -hmm. steal and replace things but if you read into it i mean there are some pretty famous cases of people that killed people because they were like okay they were taken it's Mm -hmm. not my wife or but it all started way back in a time where you wonder if this was an excuse for parents to kill their children because they couldn't afford to feed them Mm. i never realized that so it would be like a fairy stole my baby. Right. But it's because you have like four kids and you've only got enough food to feed two. Mm-hmm. And then how do you come to terms with that? Uh, so I didn't have as much fun as I usually do reading into things. Like, Ooh, fairy <laughs> houses and changelings. This will be fun. Ooh. Oh, that's fucking horrifying. I have a question that maybe you guys can help me with. What was the thing with the mirrors? I really didn't get that. What, what was that about? Well, I think it was like they he he showed up smudgy or something like that. Like because she like when they were in the basement. Oh, and she, she turned like, the mirror on. Right. She put the mirror on him so she could right. see that it okay. wasn't him. Uh, yeah. And so then at the end, everything's lined with mirrors so yeah. she can be aware that it's, if it's not says, him. Oh, that does kind of answer one of my questions. The old lady says, uh, "This." The it's the mirror in the mirror. Yeah. Right. And she had all her she mirrors, had mirrors covered up. all over their house, but then he covered them up or the husband covered them up, right? Or yeah. James Cosmo is why were they like up? the random <laughs> husband of the crazy lady. They're the parents of the yeah. first quote unquote kid changeling, whatever. Yeah. yeah. I think the husband was just trying to stop whatever, you know, craziness that he thought that his wife was going through. So he right. was trying not to feed into it at all. Right. And so you hear the story of what happened to this older couple. You hear it at the dinner party. You hear one version, the, the local lore legend of it. And then he tells a slightly different version of what happened to the, the little girl. Was he lying to protect his wife? Was, did he make that up? Little boy, James. I'm sorry, little boy, yes. Yeah, I, I think so. He was lying. He made that up. I think so. I don't think, yes. I think that she actually killed the kid and he was covering right. for her. Yeah, that's Thus right. Thus the reason that she's not currently imprisoned. Right. Yeah. Um, right. But and, yes. And then there's that moment too where, you know, um, the the mom now is like trying to show him in the, with her camera. Like, look, my son is not no, my wh- son. And she, right. she's like, tell me that it's not him or something. He's like, I can't tell you that. So he can see that there's something creepy going on with this child now yeah. too, but he's just like, no, I've washed He's like, I've had too much grief in my life between my wife and my son that I'm not going to feed into yours. The best thing about this movie is that 
the way they kill you is to bury your head in the ground like an ostrich. That's really fucking effective. Yeah, that's some folklore craziness. Yeah, that's unsettling and weird. A little kid digs a hole, puts your head in it, just your head in it. Yeah, dare I say, like, you talk about the piano part in Cogweb where they just drag somebody under and, like, guts fly out. Yeah. I actually was more unsettled when they, like, show you that shot of the woman with her head buried in the dirt. I was just like, oh, what a way to go. Like, I'd rather just be pulled under the piano by a monster and eviscerated. I thought it was interesting, the whole, and again, so subtle, but there's the suggestion that the mother, Sarah, that she is fleed uh, an abusive husband, right? That the kid's father, but it's so subtle. You don't really... I guess that's supposed to be what you're supposed to wonder, like where her head injury, because the doctor says, oh, was it really an accident? And they mention the father a few times, and it seems like it's kind of ta- a taboo subject that she doesn't want to talk about with the son, and that would explain that. But I, I was thinking if that is supposed to be the case, that would feed into her, I think, her sort of hypervigilance and her questioning of herself, because she's always, if you if you lived with an, uh, an abuser, that would sort of raise your your vigilance levels that you're always expecting. You're always on the watch for when mm-hmm. something's going to go wrong, and I, and that might be part of her questioning her own sanity. Is is she really? Is he really changing? Is is she really seeing things, or is she just always on edge and making things up? Is this an allegory for co-parenting? And the hole is the deadbeat father. <laughs> yeah, that's and, the hole. In, that's the hole in the ground. I think and it's changing the kid for the worse. Yeah, I, I would actually no. I I think that is part of Ooh. the idea. Yeah, I think the hole in the ground is the hole in the family, and that's where the uh, the dad should be. Wow. Oh. All right. Boom. Did anyone catch the uh, like the, the Cloverfield type thing that happens at the beginning? What do you mean? So, like, you know the whole thing in Cloverfield, like, if you watch, like, the end, there's, like, the scene, yeah, you see the thing falling at Coney Island. Yep. When the first time they show the forest as, like, they're running to the forest, it's this really wide shot of, like, a field and then the forest. Yeah. Across the sky, there's, like, something flying across the sky oh, going really? towards the forest. Oh, I didn't notice that. I didn't notice that either. It could have just been, like, a... a you know, a fortuitous shot that Cronin got. Mm-hmm. And I, I question going too far down, well, for lack of a better term, this oh. rabbit hole, uh, because obviously the hole must have been there before if the family already had this happen to them. Right. Or I wonder if, it, if it was, was like some hole. sort of, exactly, if like yeah. these creatures only come every once in a while, or like what's though. happening. Well, but if you go back to the beginning of the film, that. the first time that they're away. going into the forest, there's a scene and there's like, it looks like a spaceship or something like coming across the sky yeah. heading towards the forest. Yeah, I, I normally I I mean I appreciate the subtlety with which Cronin approaches the material, but I mean sometimes I think in this case a little too subtle. Nah. At, at times. With the explanations, you mean? Well, just with like what Kevin's talking about, you know, it just there's so many things you're wondering: is that supposed to be a thing or not? I mean, at some point, I'd like to know whether things are supposed to be a thing or not. You know. Right, this this could have gone a little bit into like some folk 
you know, yeah, like I, I don't know. I kind of sure. like that they didn't have it. That we 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 all, we have this debate a lot on the show, or we make this we do this commentary a lot. We're like sometimes we appreciate the lack of exposition, and then sometimes we criticize. Yeah, right. Or yeah. like I, for one, in Cobweb, I could have done without, you know, the sister coming out of the fucking wall or whatever, and then having like a creepy voiceover and explaining everything to the kid. I could have done without that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like. And then in this one, you know, it's almost like you could criticize it for like, you could have had James Cosmo, a legendary actor, do this big exposition thing about, oh, it's the history of the town. And I mean, she's working at like an antique store or something in town. Easily could have been like, Found a book. oh, look at this. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. They, they give you none of that. In fact, the scene where you think that after his wife dies, the crazy lady you think that you're going to get the big exposition dump from him and he's completely dismissive. Yeah, I like that. That definitely subverts an expectation. You you would think that that's when he's going to take you to the book and tell you well, the Let me lore pull you aside, the, lass. That's the, not your boy. I was, it wasn't even clear to me at one point that he had been to the hole. I just was so, it was, everything was so hinted at. I don't really know the timeline. That. Well, it was the night that, that thing. it was the night that she woke up and found him missing. She couldn't find him. He wasn't in his bed, and she looked all over the house. Then she ran out to the woods, and she still couldn't find him. She ran back to the she house, the army and then man. he was there. And he was there, yeah. right? And he said, "Oh, what do you mean? I was here the whole time." That was when he went to the hole and got got. I think got got. But why did from he go out there on, in the first place? I don't know. Yeah. The hole was calling. Killed him. the cat. Yeah. It was a pull of the hole. Either way, I can't wait to see what Cronin does next. I'm not sure what's on his slate. Yeah, yeah. for the future. He his first film. This did make me go. Uh, his first release was short, uh, part right? of an anthology okay. called Minutes to Midnight. That's on Tubi right now. And like a lot of independent uh, anthologies, it's incredibly uneven. Uh, it's pretty fun. I mean, there's some real bad shit in there, and there's some crazy did stuff. You watch like, his, you watched his segment. His segment it's a ghost is train like or this, something? yeah, Ghost Train, and either second or second to last. It stands out as a as a considerably more well made part of the anthology. Yeah. Um, but I'd be curious to see what you think because it's a little bit like this in that there isn't a whole lot of explanation. There is a hole. Nope. There, there's a train. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, Dave, you'd, you'd like Minutes to Midnight. There's a, a segment called Roid Rage um, oh. that I think you in particular would it sounds really... sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not steroid. Those of you who can't see me, I'm a bodybuilder. Hemorrhoid. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm talking, talking about hemorrhoids. <laughs> ta- yeah, they're talking about hemorrhoids. Ew. Next week, you're going to check out Quentin Tarantino's Death Proof, which is on Tubi right now, or VOD. Also going to talk about Pearl from last year, which is now on Paramount+, Plus, a bunch of other subscription add-ons or VOD.